The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, plant-based foods are the hottest thing going, and we've got one of the foremost experts when it comes to produce to talk about some of the latest and greatest foods you'll just have to try. But first up, Robert Schuler is the Director of Public Relations for Melissa's Produce. Robert specializes in handling all public, public relations for food trade and consumer press. He's been given the title of Produce Expert among national consumer and trade publications and radio and television personalities. He is accredited with more than 15,000 articles in consumer and trade press to date. And he also handles all aspects of marketing, as well as including forecasting, researching, creating, and designing marketing promotions for the sales team. Schuler has also authored several cookbooks, and if we listed any more of his accomplishments, we'd never get to this week's episode. So we'll just welcome him to the Mother's Market Podcast. Robert, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, Kim. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And why don't you fill our audience in on a little bit of your passionate mission and work before we get to the show's topic? All right. Well, I'm, I come to you. Um, from Melissa's Produce. We are the largest variety supplier of produce in the United States. Our products are everywhere in the United States in your uh, local produce department. We've been a partner with Mother's Market for 20 plus years. So if you go into their produce department today, right now, you'll probably see over 30 or 40 different uh, produce items, both conventionally and organically very seasonally there um, at Mother's. And um, we are also found, you can also find Melissa's products in restaurants as well in Southern California and the Las Vegas market. A a lot of them, you may also find our products um, at a sporting event um, at the local Dodger game or uh, Lakers or Kings and whatnot. We're known for bringing our products to the sporting venues as well. Eating healthy, that's the name of the game, isn't it? I love it. So today we're talking about plant-based foods. And you know what? It, you're going to be bringing up some things that maybe some people don't even realize. So um, that's what I, I'm anxious to hear about. Plant-based meals. What are the main produce items that make up this trend? And why is it trending? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about this plant-based or plant-based diet that's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually is probably one of the biggest marketing Um, terms used on a lot of food labeling. Um, Earlier in the the last year or so, um, you saw even fast food companies getting into the game, you know, with this impossible burger, beyond burger, you know, you can actually eat a burger that tastes good. It tastes like meat, but made of plants. Mm -hmm made of soy, made of bean, made of mushroom. So we're going to be talking about some of the produce topics specifically. But the first thing I'd like to start off that really kind of transformed um, beyond, beyond burger and the impossible burger that you find at a fast food retailer is this jackfruit. Yeah, what is jackfruit? What is jackfruit? Okay, well... Jackfruit has been around for 30-some years in this country because Melissa's carried it from the beginning. However, jackfruit was never really popular here in the United States. However, if you were in Asia, Central and South America, 
where they grow naturally because they do not grow here in California. They do not grow here in the continental United States. Mm. They grow in the Virgin Islands. They grow in Hawaii. First of all, it's a very intimidating fruit. It is the largest of all fruits. These things, if you let them grow on the vine, can weigh over 100 pounds. Oh, my goodness. And they grow in a tree. Can you imagine standing under a tree if George Washington was standing (laughs) under a jackfruit tree while chopping it down or a cherry tree and a jackfruit fell on him 100 pounds? Oh, my God. It can be deadly. How does it hang on a tree at 100 pounds? It has a very strong stem, which is also referred to as a cane. It's like rope. Oh, my gosh. And, yes, they do grow above you. So it, it, you would definitely know if you're <laughs> in the jungle of, of uh, Hawaii or in South, or South America or Central America or also in Asia. This fruit stands out. What does it look like? It looks like a huge beehive. Oh. Um, <laughs> some people often mistake it for the durian fruit and a durian fruit is actually somewhat related, but a distant cousin, the durian fruit is that fruit that's very stinky. Oh yeah. Yeah. It cracks open, very popular in Asia, cracks open and it will clear out a room. <laughs> However, the jackfruit is mistaken for it because the durians get pretty big too, but the jackfruits get seriously big. Wow. Okay. So let me, let me start you on how this plant-based thing really started. It started with the vegans and the vegetarians a long time ago. And, uh, you know, tofu, tempeh, a lot of the meat substitutes um, were in style and, 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 and still are today. But the thing is, is um, when you say vegan or vegetarian on a package, it kind of connotates that it's a certain type of lifestyle that not the average American will embrace, you know, because most people are omnivores and eat a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the vegans and vegetarians about five years ago made this jackfruit popular because they realized that in countries where jackfruit is popular, like Asia, that it was actually eaten as a meat substitute, Hmm. So, and the thing is, is that it's very sustainable because you get a lot of meat in a single fruit. Now here in the United States, when you go into your local produce department, you're going to find the fruit whole and you're not going to usually find a fruit that's over 20 or 25 pounds because the average American family now is no longer like eight kids. It's more like one and a half kids is the average American family. So with a household of three and a half, um, A fruit that's over 25 pounds will never be bought unless it was for some big fiesta or family event and whatnot. Um, But the cool thing is, is that you can now find the jackfruit in a packaged container in a single serving size. However, there's actually an art to the jackfruit as well in being able to prepare it. So let me get back to my story here and then I'll go into more about the jackfruit. The jackfruit, first of all, looks intimidating because it's big. And then actually having to break it open. And uh, you can go to many websites. You can Google it. You can go to melissas.com and it'll show you a video on how to cut it open because it's a difficult fruit. Okay. So I'm thinking about a coconut. Am I off with that? Yes. Okay. Because the coconuts rock hard and people use like hammers and stuff to break it open. No. In this case, this is what you need to open up a fresh jackfruit, a good cutting knife Mm -hmm. and cooking spray. Cooking spray. Yes. The fruit is extremely sticky. 
Oh. And you will like get stuck or the fruit will get stuck onto the knife as you cut it. Wow. So oh, get some Pam or cooking spray. Okay. It's not going to affect the taste of the fruit. It's going to help you cut into the fruit because you cannot eat the skin and you cannot eat the center core. But inside on a 20 pound fruit is about 15 pounds of edible fruit and seeds. Mm. The seeds, unlike most fruit, most fruit you seeds are not those. edible. Right. In this case, they are. You can eat them like sweet potatoes or chestnuts oh when gosh. you cook them. So when you cut it open, it is a yellow. First of all, on the outside, it's yellow, green to brown. Okay. The more brown and yellow it becomes from green indicates ripeness. But one thing's true and standard about all fruit. Uh, fruit communicates when it's ripe by smell. Mm. So you will have a, a, an, a sweet aroma to the fruit. So when you're ready to cut it open, and all fruit should be stored at room temperature to ripen properly, you would simply only put it in the refrigerator when you want it um, chilled before serving, or if you want to delay from opening it up before it goes spoil. That's the only reason why you would put fruit in the refrigerator. Okay, get back to the jackfruit there. When you cut it open, um, it's yellow inside, and it's not like a regular fruit. It's not like fleshy um, you know, like, like a watermelon and it's not, it's not, it's not segments like a citrus, but what happens is the fruit grows around the seed. So what you're going to get is these pods of fruit, um, inside this huge fruit. Hmm. And so what you actually do is you kind of squeeze the pods and the seeds spit out the seeds. The seeds are pretty big. They're about the size of a quarter. Um, and again, you can put the seeds to the side and you can cook that and actually put protein into your meal. But this is what the vegans and vegetarians started doing with it. Of course, you can enjoy it out of, out of hand as a very sweet fruit, but you can actually cook with it. You can cook with it and make a vegan pulled pork sandwich or make a vegan taco meat. It actually resembles when you cook it with the right spices or like barbecue sauce, it simulates the taste and texture of meat, hmm. but it's much sweeter. So um, this is what has started to happen, and people started realizing how this big fruit can be used as a meat substitute, and it tastes darn good. And it fools me for pork, though it's not meat. It is fruit. fruit. It's so like a pumpkin, and you get the pumpkin seeds. I mean, not... Ah, taste there we wise, go. but maybe like the way you prepare it and mm-hmm. you pull, you can either put the seeds aside or cook with it. Right. Exactly. And you can actually talking about pumpkin, you eat the seeds. It's called papitas. You roast them and you can enjoy the seed inside as well. But on the jackfruit, you don't have to peel them or anything from the seed. You just cook them like potatoes and voila, you have a protein plant um, food there as wow. well. I have never heard of and that. And so now a lot of the white tablecloth restaurants, mm-hmm. because plant-based on the menu right. is replacing vegan and vegetarian on the menu because it's so marketable because the person who is following there, there's, there's not this misnomer that it's vegan or vegetarian because to omnivores and carnivores, when you say the word vegan or vegetarian, you get this cringy face because <laughs> they think or believe that vegan and vegetarian food is inferior in, fla- in flavor and taste. And for those vegans and vegetarians out there, 25 million strong vegetarians, that is, 
Um, and part-time vegetarians like myself, I can actually go a day without eating meat, Mm -hmm. um, that it can be tasty, um, without using meat. And that's what this whole um, plant-based diet and plant-based eating is all about. Wow, fascinating. Thank you for that backstory. Uh, just another quick question. You may have alluded to it, but is the average size of a jackfruit, if you were to go into an organic store like Mother's, about 25 pounds? You said it gets up to 100 pounds, but... It, get up, it gets up to 100 pounds. You're never going to find that in there because, first of all, you can't put it in your shopping cart. <laughs> right. And second, you're never going to find it over 25 pounds because it becomes too heavy. Yeah. You're going to find it somewhere between... 12 and 20 some pounds Okay, wow. at your store. That's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Some of the stores actually have the food safety to be able to cut it up, but that's few and far between. So look for a packaged jackfruit in a five ounce container, which is a single serving size. And, oh, you forgot to ask me, what does jackfruit taste like? Okay, what Raw. does it taste like? It tastes exactly like juicy fruit gum. <laughs> I think, I don't want to be sued by Wrigley's. I think that's where they got their flavor for their unique gum, Juicy Fruit. Really? Yeah, Juicy Fruit. It has so many flavors, tropical flavors going on, but you say the same thing because (laughs) it's hard to say it tastes like this or that. But I always say it tastes like Juicy Fruit gum. I think of the the zebra with the stripes. But when you cut it up and cook it, it retains the texture like pork and the flavors like it. So when you put barbecue sauce, it's like almost impossible. You know, because pork doesn't have a lot of flavor right. to until it. Right, until you put the until sauce you the on spa- it. Sizes, spa- the spices and the sauces and you shred it. Right. But jackfruit, when you cut it up, is already shredded up. Oh my so gosh, it, I'm so interested It fakes in out so many people. It's not <laughs> like tofu to the average American who cringes when they hear the <laughs> word tofu. I just did. So yeah. anyway. No, interesting. Thank you for that. I, that's, I'm, I can't wait to try it. Uh, so we're talking about uh, this, the plant-based foods, and you have cauliflower on here. Let's talk about that. Cauliflower has been become the new kale. Mm. If you remember about five years ago, kale has, put in, has been put into everything. And it's, um, I'm, I'm not a, a lot of people love it, and I, some people hate it. It's a distinct taste but with it, kale. It does it? have a distinct taste, but if you didn't know, Kim, there's so many different varieties of kale. Okay. And I'm going to, even though you're probably used to getting the common kale, right. which is common, mm-hmm. and it's marketed as curly kale or it's the green kale, mm-hmm. and then you have next to them, which maybe you haven't tried, is the colorful kale, which they've always used as a garnish, totally edible. Oh, However, yeah. Kim, since you don't like the bitterness of kale, Mm-mm. when you go to your local produce department, look for the, it doesn't look like regular kale, but it's right next to the kale. It's a long, dark, kind of a blackish green color, and it looks like a single leaf. That is the black kale. That is the Tuscan kale. Um, or It's also called dino kale. It's got the same name for the exact same kale. It's right next to the green curly kale. Okay. But you look at, the, look at the label. It says Tuscan or dino or black. This is a really refined variety. This is the kale. When kale is used on the menu, most chefs think that the regular kale is too bitter. They actually use the dino, the Tuscan the black kale because it's so smooth in, in flavor profile. All, all the different, there's about um, a dozen different varieties of kale. Some stores only carry maybe two or three different varieties. But if you go to a farmer's market, you're going to see black kale and white kale and purple kale and all these different varieties because there's so many different varieties. But in your store, you're only going to see two or three varieties. My, my, um, my pick, 
um, as the chefs do order, because we also sell to food service, is the black kale. So look for that the next time. And put it into your smoothie shake, because that's one of the most popular ways to enjoy vegetables Mm. in a smoothie. That's great advice. And same now, you were saying that cauliflower is kind of the new kale. So how is that? Okay. Um, So cauliflower... As you notice, and it's not something that you find just in the produce department, you'll find cauliflower in multiple colors. Again, this trend with the color on the plate has become big. But you have now seen uh, the cauliflower used as a mashed potato substitute. Yes, that's very Stay away from carbs for those who are, you know, gluten-free, you know, kale. Excuse me, cauliflower, not kale. Cauliflower has been used as a substitute for bread, for um, pizza crust. Mm-hmm. It is now used as a substitute for potato in enoki, just like the mashed potatoes. You also can go to the restaurants now and see kale steak. They use the word steak, but it has no meat in it. This is a plant-based recipe because they're using it and cooking it like steak. It doesn't taste exactly like steak, very similar because of the juices and the spices that they put on it without using meat. Um, I think uh, um, the United States has really become crazy for what they did with kale five years ago is now what you're seeing with cauliflower because it's used as a substitute for so many things in a plant-based diet. And so just for clarification, because I think you said kale steaks, but did you mean cauliflower? Cauliflower steaks. That's, I, that's I'm okay. so I just sorry. To make I'm getting sure. them both mixed up. Because cauliflower is the new kale now here in the United States. Interesting. Um, beans and legumes. And we've talked about this before, but let's go back and see. It's in everything and if you are plant-based. Yes. Um, in, in At your mother's market, you can go in there and find these very convenient steamed and ready to go bean line in the produce department. This saves the consumer 30, 40 minutes of time where they're steamed and ready to go in a cryovac package. This is very different from a canned bean or a dried bean in terms of flavor, texture, and the use of no preservative and added salts as they do in the cans product. You'll find them by the steamed beets, which is a very common product that you'll find in the refrigerated section of your produce department. Mother's Market carries the six bean medley, which is a mixture of beans like red kidney beans, black eyed peas, white beans, green beans, and whatnot. Then they also have um, steamed lentils. Again, a steamed product um, that is already uh, steamed and ready to go, saves you time. You can literally eat it out of the package. And it's a, a very popular product. Now, this takes it a step further. Th- these are not only used as a plant-based meal instead of using meat or chicken or something in your menu, um, but it gives you the protein like meats. Mm. Well, meats have a little bit more protein, but this, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you get a lot of your protein from using beans in your recipes. And, and you can actually make chili I was just gonna without say, using meat there. Right, steamed six-bean medley, and then you have the chili on yes, here. Yes, you can make chili. chili using the beans, and you don't have to use meat. Us carnivores and omnivores out there, they love their meat and chili in the dish chili. Right. Uh, but you can use 
meat substitute and fool people without even putting meat in there. Oh, so. That's great. I love yeah. You can I, also do that with the, the, the black eyed oh. peas, which is another steamed item yeah. that you'll find in Mother's Market um, in the convenience section, the refrigerated section. These have become huge trends in this plant-based um, phenomenon that is occurring. And in fact, um, I've been bringing up, I, I'll bring up um, in the next segment, some of the big uh, dietary trends and plant-based among others. These are some of the other diet trends, clean eating, intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. gluten-free diet, low-carb diet, keto diet, a lot of things that you've talked about on the show as well, that this plant-based uh, diet and trend is going to be one of the biggest for this coming year. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Uh, so stay right here. Um, we will be right back. Don't go away. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Melissa's Produce Director of Public Relations, Robert Schuler, And we are talking about plant-based foods. It's so interesting. I think I learned so much, Robert, when you talked about the jackfruit. So we're moving on now. We're talking about dietary trends. And, oh, my gosh, I'm looking at this list from clean eating to gluten-free, Mediterranean diets, keto, paleo, Whole30. Okay, so where do we stand? I think things are looking a lot like plant-based. Um, and this is uh, this is actually um, the most known information about plant-based research from FMI, who's the Food Marketing Institute, um, some of the major um, uh trend companies that are tracking uh, like Mitel uh, research and stuff like that, that people are very familiar with uh, tracking on uh, some of the the trends that have happened from 2018 to 2019. We see that the clean eating trend has been huge, keto and whatnot. The uh, emerging giant uh, towards the end of the list is plant-based and how marketers Mm -hmm. are now, instead of marketing their packages from 
vegan to vegetarian to plant-based because it doesn't have this connotation that for people who are omnivores and see something that's named vegan that they automatically assume that it's terrible because you know vegetarianism and veganism is all about just eating tofu and tempeh and stuff and whatnot which is something that america may not embrace but using these plants as the substitute mushrooms beans, jackfruit, cauliflower, lentils, peas as also a protein source for the plant-based diet. Now let me, Kim, share a little bit of the some of the huge trends that have been emerging. One in three consumers now have purchased plant-based meats. 36% of these consumers buy plant-based meat According to Mitel, 60% of them are millennials Mm -hmm. and consume plant-based meats. Um, Conducted uh, by a survey of uh, 210 analytics, three in five millennials consume plant-based meats on a weekly basis. One in four consumers are now cutting down on meat. So, you know, the, the, the lifestyle of eating red meat every day, your doctors are actually telling you to cut back on meat consumption. My theory is eat everything in moderation. You don't have to have meat every day. Right. But all these great plant-based ideas that are tasty, that have the taste of meat, but just aren't, are healthy alternatives for the average American. I can go on and on and list all the trends that are there on why uh, plant-based has become big, not only in the packaging, but even look at looking at fast food companies yeah. that are using these plant-based substitutes in the burger or taco now. Right. It's phenomenal. One thing that it's uh, in this in this study, it talks about the um, plant-based market. It also delivers that experience, um, which you've talked a little bit about just, I mean, for, as a mom too, just trying to get kids to eat their veggies, make sure they're colorful, hide them uh, like with the cauliflower, turning it into potatoes or mashing that. So it, it's become the plant-based market has become an experience that um, maybe that's kind of the new way to market too. Exactly. And let me give you some really, a couple other concrete statistical information um, by highly reliable um, um, plant-based food organizations that trend, that trend this. For, from 2018 to 2019, the U.S. retail sales of plant-based foods have grown 11%. That's pretty substantial in regards to a food trend, bringing the total plant-based value market, which I didn't um, mention already, at $4.5 billion. Oh and this, this plant-based movement has only been happening in the last three or four years. So for it to not even start in the millions to go already to the billions is pretty substantial. You know, um, and you did mention the millennials, the Gen Z's coming up as well. And maybe a lot of that has to do with, I'm looking at this as well, you know, the heart attacks that we're having, you're saying, you know, I mean, this is all as they're watching moms, dads, grandparents, and they're smart enough to say we need to switch. Well, yeah, because switch. You're, you're, you're specifically talking about the onset of cholesterol at such a young age, the onset of diabetes, yeah. and people uh, being uh, told by their doctors to be put on a meat-restricted diet and then forced to eat, you know, 
tofu or something <laughs> like that. And to know that there's all these other meat substitutes that, you know, for those, I mean, People either love or hate tofu, but uh, yeah. Can you, you go know. back and talk about what is tofu? <laughs> <laughs> tofu? <laughs> oh, tofu is that white sponge that I know you see in the produce like, department. But where does it get? It is what soy. Is it? Okay, it is. Soy. It is soy that is <laughs> that is dried, rehydrated, and pressed. Mm. So it's a it, soy base is basically all in all edamame. Edamame is a huge trend in produce departments across the country. Mm. What is edamame? Soybeans. So it's just a processed form to make tofu. Our company does tofu and tofu is big, but tofu is not for everyone. Right. We supply for those who want it. And a lot of the vegans and vegetarians use it as a protein uh, based staple. staple. Yeah. Yes. But we're looking beyond soy products now on the menu where we're using mushrooms, where we're using nuts, where we're using uh, avocados mm. as, a, as, as a, a substitute for many of these dairy and meat products. Which I love. I love um, the way that you guys have packaged, um, you know, we've talked about the, the beans and, and the legumes and everything. Um, let's go, let's dig into mushrooms a little bit. Okay. Well, mushrooms... Um, you know, for many people, even people who cook meat, mushrooms have always found their way onto the barbecue um, mm-hmm. on a skewer for a kebab or whatnot. And um, it has such high nutrition. I don't want to really go into, I'm not a nutritionist per se, but the thing is, is that it has a sense called imami. And it's actually an extra sense that has this meat-like texture mm-hmm. um, that can be used. And in fact, you know, the, the, the portobello burger is something you see in 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 restaurants across the country but in these protein based they're using chopped up mushrooms Mm. and these mushrooms that have different flavors like shiitake beyond portobello beyond kermini which is your brown mushroom and beyond your regular white mushroom button mushroom your white mushroom that are very common using some of these other ones to give different recipe profiles profiles and using a mushroom based and we're going to see this a lot more hanging on the menu using uh, mushrooms like shiitakes and trumpets and porcini porcini is going to be like one of the buzzwords it's always been one of the buzzwords in restaurants across the country and here in the springtime morel mushrooms the 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 flavor profiles for for porcini and morel are so rich and delicate that are used on these dishes you're going to start seeing some of these flavors being implemented in these mushroom burgers or mushroom-based uh, meats in the in 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 the um, coming markets. So I'm wondering if you guys will eventually at Melissa's make mushroom burgers um, already prepackaged, ready to go. Only time will tell. There. <laughs> Only time will tell. Uh, it sounds interesting. And um, are the mushrooms that you're mentioning are they California-based? Are that that were yes. like okay? Oh see. yes, um, most mushrooms they do not need to be imported. Uh, mushrooms. Uh, you funny you bring up mushrooms and i was talking about asparagus and how to for white asparagus to become white mm-hmm. it has to lack um sunlight so it has to be um done in a tunnel um so it doesn't get the chlorophyll mushrooms are grown in dirt in in like warehouse sheds in dirt and they're stacked up. So it's a very efficient way to grow a, well, what they refer to as a fungus, a mushroom. Mm -hmm. And so um, it needs to lack the daylight to grow properly. 
And that's how mushrooms, if you've ever had an opportunity to see a mushroom farm, well, it's kind of stinky, but it's very <laughs> unique. Most people think that mushrooms are just grown, you know, on a field, but they're not. There's a unique way to grow them, um, but they have so much nutrition, vitamin E, vitamin D, and the simulation of eating meat uh, and the protein that goes along with that as well. And that's something so. I really never like realized that uh, the, the mushrooms are also protein as well. You mentioned avocados. Oh my gosh, people either love them or maybe not so much, or they'll yeah. hide it under guacamole or whatever. Or the, uh, the very <laughs> trendy <laughs> avocado toast as yes. a substitute for dairy products. Again, uh, plant-based mm-hmm. um, and you no longer have to use butter. People are using avocados to spread on your toast in the morning. So good. Just a little salt and you have the perfect avocado toast there, mm-hmm. which has been a huge trend in the marketplace and at restaurants for the last few years. Yes. What okay. else to do with the avocado? Well, you know what? Um, making a plant-based ice cream out of avocado. Avocado ice cream. Okay. Jesus. We're going to see a lot of this stuff. Yes. What goes into that? Just curious. What uh, is it? I don't know the whole process <laughs> and whatnot, but I've seen it out used on the menu mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot of trickery. You know, you can use these plants to trick people to think that they're eating dairy or meat. The food technology has come a long way in regards to that. It doesn't taste like tofu anymore. I know. That's really, that should be the headline right there. But I I know, I remember pistachio ice cream, but yeah, avocado ice cream. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. It's almost the same color scheme. Um, Let's, uh, yeah, we've been talking about um, the the trend then. So how plant-based is moving up. And um, these statistics were from 2018 and 2019. So this is going to be really, really very interesting. Um, Can you talk about some other exciting Melissa's produce items that we're going to find or that people can find at Mother's Market, for instance? Um, Yes, definitely. Uh, Beyond uh, the whole package of the steamed, uh, lined and whatnot, there are some other Uh, items in particular that we've been seeing. Um, I did mention the cauliflower as a rice substitute as well. I forgot to mention that. That cauliflower has becoming um, Uh, really big as well. But um, also um, talking about soy, products as well and the innovations that have come out of that. Melissa actually produces um, a, uh, they're soy based, but we're remarketing them actually this year as a plant based. Um, So people don't um, think that this is a tofu product. And we've seen this in the stores across the country uh, as well as a uh, plant based chorizo or a plant-based ground meat but again plant-based using natural um, spices may use mushroom may use soy but to get away from the connotation that um, uh, that the uh, plant-based diet person who is not looking to see it marketed under vegan or vegetarian, but that they can find a product that tastes similar and meets the guidelines for what they need to do for their for their heart health and what doctors are prescribing for them um, in, in a lot of these products there. Um, so look for, in the mother's markets, a lot of our steamed items, including lentils, um, the black eyed peas that are steamed, um, the um, six bean medley. Mm-hmm. Um, and these products are a great way to get the protein in plants. And um, um, these are where we're going. 
um, and where it's coming from, I think we've just seen the beginning of this plant-based movement occur and the subcategory of plant-based proteins as well. I'm curious, uh, you, you were here in Southern California where you're based out of and plant-based, you know, people, uh, my daughter goes to school in Indiana, for instance, and, you know, she can be looked at as like, oh, you're vegetarian. You're, of course you are. You're from California. But uh, my question is, Melissa's is throughout all the 50 states. Yes. So is there, I mean, I would think here in California, people have bought onto the plant-based trend. But what about the rest of the United States? You're everywhere. Um, so what does that look like? Well, the plant-based trend is really focused in all the major metropolitan areas across the country. It has not reached the rural areas and whatnot or smaller cities and whatnot. So that's where the potential growth is. You know, in this trend, we see this trend very resemblant to organic produce trend here in the United States, where 20 years ago, it was very insignificant. It was a bunch of hippie, skippy farmers that are growing. But if you look now, uh, some of the largest farmers in America have embraced growing organic uh, to either all of their growing or to a partial part of what they're growing, because organics... If you look at it 20 years ago, to say that organics only represented about 1% of our growing fields, and today it's 8 to 10%, mm. and you see organics beyond just the produce department, mm -hmm. because the plant-based movement is not just a produce movement, even though the base of the products is anything you, you find in a produce department that is a fruit or vegetable, but the incorporation throughout the whole grocery department, you know, yeah. in non-dairy, um, you know, as we've seen in almond milk and oat milk, um, cashew milk and whatnot, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing this plant-based movement occur beyond just the produce departments in the deli department, obviously, with all these meat substitutes, the freezer department, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's not stopping. Yeah. It's uh, only and it's up. definitely not a, not a fad. Most, uh, a lot of people may say organics is a fad. Well, it's been going, organics has been such trending for the last 20 years. Um, to, to go this strong for this so long, it is a continual trend. So, and you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, the differences with the fast food industry or, you know, but now they have like a fast food places that are all either vegetarian, plant-based, uh, or organic. And they're starting to pop up, at least here in Southern California. No, definitely. In the major metropolitan areas uh, here on the West Coast, the Southwest, the Southeast, um, to the East Coast, you know, as we make our way up to the uh, less sunny states, um, that th th this embracement is, is occurring as just, this is totally resembling to the organic trend that started 20 years ago. Wow. Um, so, again, when, when you're talking about your organic produce and those that are really geared toward plant-based, is there anything that I haven't asked you about? We've talked about the beans and the legumes, and you spoke about avocados and mushrooms, um, and not just it's not just tofu and soy any longer. Uh, I think, uh, and tempeh, I guess you can put that in that category, but is there are there any other um, uh, plant-based items that can 
that have protein in them that we're not talking about? Well, the beans and legumes make up the majority of it. Most fruits and vegetables in general do not contain protein. I did mention jackfruit earlier. The, The protein is not in the flesh, but in the seeds when you extract the fruit, oh, you actually have to it. cook the seeds, okay. which you can't do in most fruits and vegetables. The, 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 I mean, the, the, the fruits that have seeds, most seeds are not edible, but in this case, the jackfruit are, are, are and that one makes it so sustainable. Um, so we really haven't talked about nuts or seeds like that. So what can you tell me a little bit about maybe some recipes or something that just, or snack, snack items? Too? Definitely. And I'm going to tell you about some of the trending things that Melissa's is really known for okay. in terms of that. Papitas, which are pumpkin seeds, have been really trending. This trend came out of uh, Hispanic Latin ingredients and the way in which they've used it in, in stuff in um in sauces and in dishes and what that has really the whole hispanic culture cuisine you know no longer i would say especially here in the west and southwest is no longer the minority but the majority of how cuisine is being dictated and whatnot Mm. um so uh papitas um also some of the seeds that have really been trending and we do this in a lot of our snack items like our clean snacks um we have a product um called clean snacks where it is flax seed mm. and chia seed base and a lot of the um plant-based recipes um salads um that are dairy free and meat free use a lot of the seeds and the nuts as another protein uh substitute um that fill within the range of of of, of a plant uh, based products because really nuts and seeds are derivative from the um, from a fruit. Um, if you've ever seen like a cashew, there's a fruit that produces that is attached to the seed and whatnot. So they're in the same category of fruits and vegetables. But I know in the grocery store, sometimes you see the nuts, especially during the holiday times mm-hmm. in the produce department, but there's usually a grocery department that just has nuts. So yes, thank you, Kim. The nuts and seeds have become um, a big trend in this, in the plant-based movement as well. And those three in particular have been the most trendiest. Oh, that's interesting. I know I uh, always see the flax and the chia together. So uh, this is just fascinating information. And thank you. You're up on all the trends. So uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time today. And um, for more information, the website is melissas.com. And we look forward to our next visit. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market podcast and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.